The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream here on Unity Online Radio. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, a.k.a. Dr. Dream, and I'm so happy to be alive and with you all today. The number to call in if you have a question about your dreams or about the meaning of life and the whole notion that my guests are going to talk about today um, about death and the conspiracy around that, that does it exist? Does it, does it not? We're going to discuss all of that today. The number to call is 816-251-3555. Again, 816-251-3555. So if you're listening in real time, you know, we're right getting close to, we're in the holiday season. And this is a time when people often um, really feel the loss of people that they used to be close to there. I know my grandmother passed away a year ago and, and this will be challenging to have Christmas without her in her physical form. So I think a topic like we have today is going to help us with the dogs that are barking in our heads and then just, and and the whole notion of how do we be, how can we have a happy holiday season, even with some people that we dearly, dearly love that aren't physically with us anymore. But before we start the show, I'm going to bring us into a little centering prayer as I always do. So let me invite you, unless you're driving to close your eyes, please for a moment and just take a big, deep breath. And for this moment, just allow yourself to drop everything. Kind of like you're having a mini near-death experience right now where you drop the mortal coil. You drop all the baggage you've been carrying, all the shoulds and shouldn'ts and that long to-do list that never gets done. Just for now, set it all on the back burner and give yourself permission to float with every brand new breath. Let yourself be lifted higher and higher and higher above the heaviness and density of this beautiful life that we have, yet it's dense. So let's just get a perspective by stepping out of that conditioning field and up into this realm where we are embraced by light no matter what we've done, who we've been, or what we haven't done that we should have maybe could have done. Let's just let ourselves be embraced by light exactly as we are right now and feel that embrace, feel that reunion with all of your loved ones and know that you are loved beyond what could ever be measured or described in all of the thousands of books and the many that Daniel Brinkley and Catherine Brinkley have written. You're loved beyond what could be described. So just let yourself be a little more open in this moment than you have before. 
we're always dreaming, whether we're alive on this side of the veil or on the other. So we celebrate the fact that we can bridge the gap between these seeming separate worlds to realize that they're not so separate after all. Let's just give ourselves one more big deep breath of self-love and compassion and appreciation and gratitude for this gift of being alive. And with this, I just welcome you to the show. And I'm so excited to share with you my guests today, who I know you already know. I know you've all already heard about them and you're probably um, fans just like I am. I'm actually borderline stalker because I get so much juice, soul juice from being around these people, whether it be in the flesh or on this kind of technology that connects us. So let me tell you a little about them. As a team dedicated to championing ethical consciousness in everyday life, Daniel and Catherine Brinkley agree their shared mission is to help transform our spiritual embrace of both life and death. As near-death experience survivors multiple times, they've dedicated their lives to spreading the good news. Here it is. Wait for it. Life is for celebrating because there's no such thing as death. But um bum That's it. We're done. <laughs> done with the show. We can go now. <laughs> Just kidding. We're going to talk a little more about that. In addition to writing, lecturing, you can hear Daniel Brinkley's famous laugh back there in the background. I'm almost done, Daniel. In addition to writing, lecturing, and leading sacred tours, Catherine and Daniel devote time each day to their nonprofit organization, The Twilight Brigade, and I'm covered in chills. I love this organization. They train volunteers to be a loving presence at the bedside of dying American veterans. I've seen this in action, and it's quite stunning. It's so special. It's so important what they do. You can find out about it at the Twilight Brigade. Dot com, the twilightbrigade.com. Daniel and Catherine Brinkley are undaunted in their desire to introduce an empowered consciousness for understanding life from the celebration of the miracle at birth to the deep sacredness necessary to make our final transition. Truly, they believe in living the ordinary life in the most extraordinary of ways on both sides of the veil. Their website is danianandcatherinebrinkley.com. I'm going to spell it for you. D-A-N-N-I-O-N and A-N-D. Catherine is K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Brinkley, B-R-I-N-K-L-E-Y.com. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream, Danian and Catherine Brinkley. Wow. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. And thank you for having us on with you today. We're excited for this time with you. And we love you. I'm, oh, thank you yes, so do. much. I love you both so much. I'm I'm having to calm myself down because I'm a little spastic, so I'm going to try to be really cool <laughs> and curb <laughs> my enthusiasm. But on the inside, I'm doing cartwheels and backflips. I'm so happy that I get this time with you and to share you with with the listeners, my listeners. So, um so Let's just let's just do a little background each of you. I mean everyone already knows, but I but I can't hear the stories enough. So, Daniel, let's start with you. I am I know Eric Roberts plays you in the movie version of your life. It's Embraced by the Light, right? That's the name of the movie? 
Uh, saved by the light. Saved by the light. Saved but by the light. In breast, that was Betty Edie. Oh, for God's sakes. Saved by the light. Jesus, thank you. Saved by the light. And a very handsome Eric Roberts plays Daniel, but Daniel's way more handsome than, than Eric Roberts. But Eric Roberts does a really good job. It's a great he, movie. He did do a great job. I, I was quite happy about it. It's really stunning. And it's great. So people can see the movie and and read all your books. Okay, so tell us for those who have YouTube. Haven't. I mean the movie's on YouTube, Kelly, so if anybody wants to watch it. And we are talking to a Universal Universal ended up with the ownership of it. So I'm talking to Universal about allowing us to put it on uh Daniel and Catherine so that people can come to the website and watch it. We're in those discussions now. If it's if it's on YouTube, that seems like a done deal. Like that's where people want to go to see it. I think that would be great. So if I have any say in the matter, which I don't, <laughs> the peanut gallery over here, I say yes to that. Yeah, but we're looking at housing it in a place where you not only can watch the movie, you can explore the nature that Catherine and I have journeyed in the last 24 years. Oh, and it's been a rich one. This has not been um, what some might call a wasted life. You guys have been busy in this life, dying, coming back, dying, coming back, and bringing back with you so much wisdom, life-changing wisdom. So, Daniel, if you'd be so kind, give us a little overview of how you died the first time. Struck by lightning. I was talking (laughs) on the telephone, and you have to always remember, Kelly, I have never... I grew up in the deep south, you know, everybody goes to hell where I came from, and I never bought into religion. It just was not something I could quite wrap my mind around, especially when somebody was yelling at me and giving me absolutely no choice except to do what they said or go to hell. So starting about five, I was told I was going to hell literally four or five times a day. And I grew up that way, tough guy, played sports, fist fighter, uh, Marine Corps, and I thought thought that was a comfortable life. And then I was talking on the phone and struck by lightning and dead for 28 minutes, completely paralyzed for six days, partially paralyzed for seven months, two years to learn to walk and feed myself. And I discovered that we're not only human beings, but we're spiritual beings, and it was transformative. Three years later, I got struck by lightning again because I wasn't paying enough attention, and I had become (laughs) resentful about my observations of hypocrisy that we live in. And Mm. then 10 years later, uh, I had to have open-heart surgery I had to have open-heart surgery and had my second near-death experience. And then uh, seven years after that, I had to have brain surgery, which brought about my third near-death experience. And then, what, 15 years later, I had to have open-heart surgery again, and I had my fourth near-death experience. So... It seems like uh, I have to kill myself every 10 or 12 years just to kind of stay on track. <laughs> but when you, start like to really, when you start to look at that from a, 
from a conscious standpoint, where it took me was into hospice, and I've been a hospice volunteer for over 40 years. I have 33,000 hours at the bedside, 2,010 people going from this world to the next, 346 taking their last breath, and I am utterly convinced that the conceptual nature of how we apply the term death in modern-day Western consciousness is a complete deceptive illusion. Nobody dies. It's, it, and as we've used that as a control mechanism in religions, institutions, and government, Kat and I have worked diligently to train, change that mindset. The same as you're working really hard on revamping consciousness about the dream state, that that place of dimensional reality where usually we either travel into another space or we organize we organize our concepts of what we are in this third dimensional reality or we just have fun. The people don't <laughs> die and we have to get past that. Because once you think about dying then we always consciously sit in the back of our mind, dealing with what, like you were talking about, grandmother, dealing with mm-hmm. what is called separation. And right. once you start imagining separation, then you forget about union and unity and the consciousness of oneness of how it really works. This is so important because it seems like the, the ball is in our court to suffer or or not suffer about these people. It's my grandmother passed away this last year. One of my very best friends that I've had since I was 10 years old passed away this year. And um, Claire Wineland, who is a client of mine and kind of famous, she had cystic fibrosis since she was born and she died at 21. And I'd been working with her and hanging out with her for a long time. She took her last breath just a couple of months ago. So this is, it's, it's intense. But as I say that, it feels kind of like a crock, like I've heard you say before. Like, what if, what if there doesn't need to be a deep, heavy despair? If, if, if we all woke up, how would we be with death? It's a celebration. We, I mean, everybody has, everybody has bereavement and everybody has loss. That's human. <clears throat> but it's a celebration of life. I mean, you choose a certain amount of time to come here, and after going through these episodes and spending thousands, not tens of thousands of hours, listening to the final issues and watching what family members and friends go through, it's a part of this. This bereavement and loss is a part of it. The thing that gets Kat and I is grief, because yes. grief compounds itself and creates a reality of its own based on what I always blame on religions, institutions, and governments, and it creates a separate reality and a consciousness within a person that sets up a literally often a lifelong tragic perspective. It's as though right. somebody who left did something to you based on it was time to go for them. Oh, 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 it's like the old, like they betrayed 
us. They were supposed to be around forever as long as we wanted them to be. And they left before then. It's like they left the party before we got to have enough fun or enough whatever it was. The definition of grief. You just gave the definition of grief. (laughs) Betrayal. It does kind of feel that way. Like, you owe me. (laughs) You were supposed to be around longer. Well, selfishness, I mean, my my yeah. dream is to wake up every morning and there's Catherine. And there yeah. are the fur children, and then we have six other children. And watching what they go through is more fun for me than mom, because mom worries. And I, I just mm-hmm. laugh. None of them's ever been to jail or gotten into too much <laughs> trouble. So they're certainly doing a lot better than I did. <laughs> and look at how you turned out. So you've had four yeah. death experiences. Cat, I am Catherine. Can I call you Cat? I sometimes call you Cat in my head. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've had two death experiences. I've had one measly little one, and it was like a it was a baby one, but still profound. Would you say that? Um, and I want to hear what happened to you, but in general. Do you feel like you came into a similar consciousness and awareness? Like, do your notes match you and Daniel's notes on, on the hereafter? Oh, absolutely. Of course, everybody's experience pales in comparison to Daniel's. You know, I think his is <laughs> probably the most death intense envy. Yeah, most intense <laughs> near death envy. I love it. The most intense um, near death experience on record. Um, yeah. But, yes, what I experienced first, I was 11, and I drowned in a pond uh, while visiting um, a girlfriend's uh, parents' cottage. Um, and I had no, I had no um, realm of understanding. And I never shared that experience with anyone because I was afraid if I went home and told my parents, I, I drowned today at Nancy's <laughs> cottage, they never would have let me go out of the house again. So that's something that I lived with uh, just deep inside my heart for many years until I was 29, and I was stung by a bee. Um, I didn't know I was allergic to to bees, um, yet I had always, this is interesting, Kelly, had always been terrified of bees and didn't Mm. understand why, because I had never been stung until I was 29, and then I went into anaphylactic shock and left my body as I was in bed um, breastfeeding my little boy. It was time for bed, and I just lifted right out of my body and floated just under the ceiling right next to an open window on a beautiful evening in May of um, 1984. And I sat there for quite some time looking down at my body, looking down at my, my baby boy, and not having any emotional attachment to either one. Mm. And this is what was so mind-boggling for me, um, because once I came back into my body after my daughter came, my seven-year-old daughter came running down the hallway and she shook me and, Mommy, Mommy, please wake up, wake up, there's something terribly wrong. And I was back in my body and I realized that I could have left right then and there and and never seen my children again. Yet when I was in that place just under the ceiling, that didn't bother me at all. The idea of that was absolutely perfect from that perspective. 
that perspective of me being a consciousness that was separate from the body that was in the bed. Mm. And while I had those few minutes outside of my body, I knew that there was a divine plan. I knew that everything was happening according to, to divine will. And that if I did, and I, my, my escape route was going out that window. You know, a lot of people go mm-hmm. through the tunnel, and that might have come after that, but my tunnel at that moment was going out of that open window. And knowing that this chapter of my life would conclude, but not my eternal being. And like Daniel was saying earlier, you know, there is, there is loss and death because we will leave behind the physical body and we, we will miss that. Now, I don't mean we will as we leave this, this world, but like if I left tomorrow, my children would miss my physical presence. But mm-hmm. I think I have taught them enough to understand that I will always be with them. I will only be a, a thought away, a breath away after that. But you have to add this to it also, Kelly. What is the lure to come here to be born? What is that lure? What allows us? You know, I I believe that you choose to come and that you're chosen to come. And in being chosen to come, I think that that's the most important because you, and as you enter into this physical plane and you grow and become observant, then that's important. But the thing that you miss most is like what Kat is describing. The one of the things you miss most, this is one of the only places that you can hug somebody. You can mm. hold them in your arms. You can touch them. You can be a part of their life in what appears to be a physical consciousness. And as spiritual and as spirit-formed as we are, that sense of touch and that sense of separation is an empowering lesson for a spiritual being to appear to be separate, but also to be a part of a family. We push oneness. And in the end, opening of every day, that you not only take a good look at yourself, because you're going to brush your teeth and brush your hair, but also connect Hopefully. yourself in oneness. And when you go to sleep at night, instead of it separated you going to sleep, Make sure that you connect yourself to everybody else and send out a part of you to connect to them because if we don't bring oneness back into a a sense of perspective about where we are, we will completely destroy this planet like we are doing that we live in. And I think everything you just said, that you both said, would, would be profound anyway. But put inside the frame that you both have been on the other side collectively so many times, it just underscores this reality and it makes it so much more real. This isn't just, this is not platitudes, this notion of of oneness, this notion of there being a reason that we chose to come here and to do that and not poo-poo it. Because I know there's a lot of people on a spiritual path that that say things like, oh, I hope this is my last time here. Or, you mm. know, it's like the earth realm is just so be- so beneath us, literally and figuratively. You know, it's it's like, oh, I can't wait till my spirit can be where it, it belongs. But go ahead. But then, but then you've got your sense of responsibility that you came mm-hmm. to empower and change. Think of this today. Six weeks ago, I was dead. I mean, mm. six Ta- weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Ta- okay. 
Tell us about this, Danyan. You well, just you recently know. came. Well, you know, I was uh, being my normal self and came home, and I'd gone through this for about two months where I, I just would wear out. And so finally, Dr. Mom, demanding Dr. Mom. Excuse me? Cat, Catherine. <laughs> and I have to go to the doctor. I go to the doctor. I have 15% heart function. Uh. A 15, 15% heart function. And if I didn't have open heart surgery to repair problems and collapsing veins and a defective valve, I wouldn't be here today. And so I go in, I have to, they didn't want to do the surgery. My cardiologist, uh, who has been my cardiologist for 18 years, literally demanded that they did it, that they did the surgery because they didn't think I would survive Mm -hmm. the surgery because I had less than 15% heart function. And so I went through this surgery, it was supposed to be 90 minutes, it became six hours. When Ooh. when Kat came to the in, uh, when they moved me from surgery to intensive care, they were uh, I had no I had no blood pressure and they were going to call it except they couldn't call it in front of her, and she can tell you what happened then because I wasn't exactly cognitive. I'd been on my fourth near death experience journey, panoramic life review, and the whole deal, but. I can tell you what happened then. Well, we're going well, to go. I... We're going to be going to a quick break in a moment, okay. and and when we come back, so I just want everyone to know that I'm talking to Danyan and Catherine Brinkley, and that happens to be their website, Danyan and Catherine We're talking about the notion that death is a crock. Life is worth celebrating because death isn't real, although. Although it's pretty intense on this side of things. And um, we're going to be right back in just a few moments with Danny and Catherine Brinkley. We're going to talk about dreams, constructing dreams to have greater awareness, the panorama, life experience, and God knows what else is going to come up. So stay tuned. We'll be right back here on Ask Dr. Dream on Unity Online Radio. Welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, Please make your donation today by going to UnityOnlineRadio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Eric Butterworth, taken from the live lecture, A Course in Practical Metaphysics. Healing is the experience in our life of coming out of 
the darkness into the light, getting out of the confusion of human consciousness into the allness which is always present. But the allness of infinite life is present even within the illness. So God is not a healer. He doesn't look down upon you and say, well, you're sick, but you're a good person and I like you very much, so I'm going to take this illness away from you. God doesn't take illness away from anybody, nor does God put illness into anyone, which belies a lot of traditional religious thought too. We talk about, well, suffered to be so, it's God's will, and I guess it's my place to accept it. The will of God must always be the ceaseless longing of the Creator to express itself in that which has created. So it's a constancy, it's a force, which is ever seeking to press itself out into visibility as life, as wholeness, as success. To find out more about Eric Butterworth, visit unity.org. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer, or call 816-969-2000. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Expand your mind and open yourself up to new ideas with Janet Connor and the Soul Directed Life every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Janet talks with some of the leading voices in the world of mind, body, and spirit. Each week, you'll hear fascinating stories, practical information, and ideas to inspire you to follow your soul's calling. Janet is right there with you on the journey. Listen live or on demand here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Okay, welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream. And uh, we're having a most magical time here with, I'm I'm having a most magical time with Daniel and Catherine Brinkley. I just, before we go into what we were just talking about, I'm going to do a little, a little plug here for the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle deck that comes out a week from today. I'm going to be hosting a virtual launch party for everyone who purchases this beautiful Oracle deck that was created by master fusion artist Rasuli. These images are so delicious. You will want to eat them um, or you'll want to dive into them and live inside of them. When I met Rasuli and saw his artwork, I, I would have swore that he had died and been on the other side because his images look the way that in my brief life experience, my brief near death experience, it's what, it's kind of what it looked like, colorful and beautiful and just just gorgeous. And no, he hasn't died in this life, although he's come very close. But um, his mother did almost get struck by lightning in a pool 
when she was pregnant with Rasuli. So there you go. I think his mother almost had a near-death experience. So anyway, I'm pulling a card, and here's the one I just pulled. This is card 22. For this you were born. Foster your intention for incarnating in this dimension. And the quote from Joseph Campbell is, we must be willing to get rid of the life we planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. I think that's appropriate for today. The message is, you are alive with infinite possibilities. Every cell of your body sings and shouts a full-throttled yes to life. Before you were born, you had a reason, a strong desire for wanting to experience the human realm. This sounds like what we were just talking about in the earlier segment. (laughs) You joyously raised your hand and stood on your tippy toes and volunteered to partake. Your soul smiled widely, wildly as you traveled from the angelic realm where all is love, whole, perfect, into the realm of humanity. Through the challenges that have come your way, remember all you need to do is ask and you will be instantly refueled by love and support from your soul family. They are always at the ready. Your job is to remember to remember. As you awaken each morning, revisit your passionate intention for this lifetime. Remind yourself, for this I was born. Gather your energy, creativity, talent, and will so no part is left behind as you cross a new threshold of adventure. And the dream symbol that we explore here is baby, which in a nutshell represents new beginnings and embarking on new creative opportunities. The mantra is, vulnerability is one of my greatest strengths. So I don't know. I think there's something that kind of is mysteriously connected about this conversation we've been having. (laughs) That card is absolutely perfect. Congratulations on your new deck. That is beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm very excited about it. Actually, an interesting little aside, Rasuli and I did the Dream Oracle deck a few years ago, and we so loved working together and creating that. And it's been so lovely. And we've been talking over the years, oh, we should do another deck. Let's do something else. But then all of a sudden, I saw, I ran into him, and he had just had major heart open surgery, open heart surgery. And he doesn't know for sure how long he was out, but he basically went to the other side. I don't know for how long it was, but he said while he was on the other side, he was like, okay, I'm not done. If I get to come back, I want to do this deck about the hero's journey and dreams. It's so important. So he, when we ran into each other, he said, we have to do this now. So we pushed this on the top of our list of all the other mm-hmm. possible creative projects we could do because of the, I don't want to say threat of death, but it's like having that, that knowing that it's over our shoulder, it made this project pop and happen and come to life. So I just think that's kind of one of the blessings of the the illusion of death is that we only have a short time here. Let's make the most of it. Um, so Catherine, when we yeah. were before the break, um, we were doing the, he said, now it's time for the, she said of <laughs> Dan- Daniel's most recent trip to the hospital and trip to the other side six weeks ago. So yeah, tell us what that was like for you. Oh my goodness. Quite the ride. Um, uh, to pick up where we left off um, with this story, I was in the ICU as soon as I could be after his surgery. Now, like Daniel was saying, we were expecting that they were going to 
replace a stint, and maybe he'd be in there 90 minutes. Well, six hours later, they had given him a new aortic valve. They had removed Mm -hmm. an aneurysm and done a quadruple bypass. So basically, oh they completely rebuilt his heart with um, oh. with veins from his legs and uh, a new pig valve. I mean, Whoa. completely rebuilt his heart. And um, <clears throat> when I got to ICU to see how he was doing, he wasn't there. I, 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 Daniel was, he was gone. His eyes were open. He was staring at the ceiling. He had a very uh, minor uh, blood pressure, but that was because of the machines. He was hooked up to so many things. But um, it was very frightening. It was very frightening. And I came out of uh, his room and and just fell apart with this sweet young Mm. nurse. Thank God she was so together and so professional and she was telling me that, you know, the next 24 hours were going to be crucial, critical, and that we have to understand what he'd been through. Basically, she wasn't giving me any hope that he was going to survive, wow. but that they were going to do everything they could to keep him alive. Oh, my God. And they then, say it's harder for the person that it, they, that's on the operating table, but I think it's it may just be as hard for the people that are on the sidelines. I mean, that sounds excruciating. So keep going, please. It was absolutely excruciating. And his brother and sister had flown in uh, from South Carolina to be here uh, for his surgery. And they wouldn't even step into the room. I mean, it was upsetting for everyone. You're right. Um, And this is something that we've learned over the last six weeks, although We've gone through this many times over the last 24 years, but when he, when Daniel is not well, it's, it's a family affair. You know, mm. we're all in there. We're all suffering with him. We're all trying to do what we can to make him better. So it's not just one person that is healing. It's an entire family. And, of course, with all the fans that Daniel has, it's a whole community, a worldwide right. community. So I got through that night came back the next day to see him. He was awake. Um, He was on the ventilator. He kept trying to tell me something, and I could not understand what he was saying, of course, because he couldn't speak. And that's very frustrating, too, wanting to understand his needs but not being able to communicate with him. On the fourth night after the surgery, um, it was very odd because about 2, between 1.30 and 2 in the morning, there came a thunderstorm in Las Vegas out of nowhere that woke me up from a dead sleep. That thunder popped and I was awake and my first thought was Daniel. Went back to sleep. That was around 2, between 1.30 and 2. At 6 o'clock, the phone rings and it's the hospital. And I'm like, oh, God, no. And I pick up the phone and and the nurse is on the other end saying, Uh, Good morning, Mrs. Brinkley. Um, Everything's fine right now. Your husband's doing well, but... What? At 2 o'clock, or 1.50, I think was the exact time, he flatlined. Mm. And myself and another nurse went in there. We started pounding on his chest. We got him back. He started talking to us, basically telling them to calm down. And then he left again. And then we had to go get, you know, the crash cart and put the paddles to him. So now now he's okay. You know, now his rhythm is normal. And, um, 
you can come and see him anytime you want. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I cannot believe this. And I don't know if Daniel remembers that thunderstorm, if he heard any of it, but all the children called me the next morning before I was able to tell them what had happened. And they said, did you hear that crazy lightning and thunder last night? Is Daniel okay? <laughs> That's my relationship with Thor. <laughs> with Thor. But, but here's the funny part, Kelly. Oh, I am God. so, this is the the thing that I hope brings some comfort to people because I am so comfortable with both sides of the veil from being, spending my life in death or studying this. I was aware through all, both the times that they lost me. And what was really wild was I I came out of, I, I was aware and conscious, and they put the breathing mask on me. They're pounding on my chest. I have no pulse. All the machines went off. But I'm aware. I'm aware. And as they were pounding and working on me, and it was all frantic, then I'm outside of my body standing next to the nurse, pinning my arm down while the nurses across from me were working in shifts, pounding on my chest. They brought me back two, three, four minutes, and then I went again. I flatlined again. I I know it was about making choices. You know, I know that consciousness. But the thing that was amazing is inside, while they were pounding and working on me, when I'm in the body, it's frantic. They're all mm-hmm. talking, they're working, and they were professional, and they broke a rib. Mm-hmm. And then oh, they put the wow. pedals to me, but I would move outside of my body. And everything is, you can't call it slow motion, but it's slow motion. Whatever I focused on, I could see it intently. I watched every single person who was working on me. And as I watched them work on me, I took a sense of pride in watching how effective and efficient that they were. And when I would move back into my body, it was a a progression like moving through rainbows or levels of consciousness or dimensions. And I'm probably sure one of those is what we now call the dream state. And then I'm back into the world of frantic hospital resuscitation. And then I'm gone again, and I'm back in this place where I could watch it and I was disassociated, like Kat was describing, uh, during during her sh- doing being stung by the bee. I am disassociative. I'm quite used to that place because the very moment you move out of the physical consciousness of ego, you return to a higher state of consciousness of who you truly are, without identifying with the body. You're you don't, and so. The funny part was this guy kept saying, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And they don't put pedals on you now like in the old days. The moment they think that it's going to be cardiac arrest, they put these stick pads on you. And the guy kept, and I kept thinking to myself, for, Christ, for Christ's sakes, whatever he wants, please give it to him. <laughs> you, know, this, you know, I was tired of... Uh, I was tired. He was messing up my focus, and I was tired of hearing it. And they said, and they couldn't bring me back from beating on my chest and then the tube down my throat and all of that. And they said, go. And he threw that, he threw that electricity to me. I am conscious through the whole thing. Although I'm dead, I am still aware and conscious because... After all these experiences and all of this stuff, it's not, 
it's not as big a deal to me as it is to most people describing this. Why I want a cat to describe it's not as big a deal. But I'll tell you something. When they put through that electricity to you, you will be awake. Okay, mm. and you will come back in a body. And I mm. with a broken rib and my second open heart surgery, all the scar tissue. Cat didn't, cat didn't describe to you what the doctor said. I mean, the doctor told her that they were amazed I even made it through it. That it was a miracle you made it through. That's what the surgeon said to me. And then I had 15% heart function and then now 25% heart function. And I'm existing today with 25% heart function, an enormous amount of pain. But when you look at this from, I have been through four of these experiences, and they were near-death experiences. I mean, I'm still constructing what happened during that six hours of surgery, but it was a different place from the last three. And then mm. I had my, the worst part about mine is I always have panoramic life reviews. And, oh, yeah. Tell us about and, that for those who haven't heard of that. Well, a panoramic life review is you will see your entire life pass before you, in a, 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 you see it, and you never miss a thing. You never miss mm. anything. And this is what I don't like about mine. They don't pick up where the last one left off. Panoramic life reviews start from the beginning, so I have to go back being an asshole. I mean, excuse me. I have to go back being my normal (laughs) early self and watch my progression. But I look at, I mean, I see the things I haven't done right, but I also Mm. see things that I've overcome. So I can either celebrate what I've overcome or you can seek to correct the things that you've not done right. So I, I had the uh, the structure is the same, but the places that I travel. So I'm now developing a language because it takes into con- concept these this multi-dimensional reality that we hear parts about, but I had a chance to explore and see them. But <clears throat> when you look at how many of these I've had over 68 years, I got it down pretty pat. Uh, I got it down pretty <laughs> pat about whether we die or not. And I need everybody to understand that that whole concept of unknowing, unknowing, and whether you're going to heaven or hell is a ridiculous concept. It's ridiculous. Mm. And we have mm. to put that out of our minds because I believe, Kelly that the religious, institutional, and governmental concepts, you know, the panoramic life of you, you see your entire life pass before you, you watch it from a second-person point of view as though you were your own best friend, so you're really making fun of yourself. Then you literally become every person you ever encounter, and you feel the direct results of your interaction between you and that person. Number one, life is fair and just. Number two, no one gets away with anything. So forgiveness is your real power. But this is a Danianism, and the meaning of all this is think of it from this point. If God couldn't come today, or what you consider divinity couldn't come today, and it sent you, in the life you just reviewed, what difference did you and God make? This becomes the prime driver in how my life works as well as I can make it work. 
But this is the driver. And if we all took on this as a concept, we're here to make a difference to improve it, not to engage it, not to condemn it, not to turn away from it, not to become ridiculers, but to see how to make a difference and why Cat and I took up the Twilight Brigade and created the Twilight Brigade because there was a place with skill sets that we understand. I mean, we know that just as she was describing the out-of-body experience, we know that people need to find closure and you need to reduce that fear because the ultimate fear of something that is guaranteed and inevitable, you will be leaving here. Once it's guaranteed and inevitable, there has to be a structure of closure so that people find that. And when they let go, it's not leaving fear. It's not leaving a certain level of energetic pattern that feeds into bereavement and grief in those who sense loss and separation. It's like Kat said, nobody ever separates from anybody that's ever loved each other. Okay, and do they come back? Do they come back or are they around you? In important moments, and especially cause a holiday grief. You know, we have a season like holiday grief. More people commit suicide in the holiday season than any other time in the year. And why? Because they feel deserted. Right. They feel alone and they feel lonely. Well, that person... Those people come to celebrate, you know, they don't, you're not really trapped anywhere when when you make that transition. And love passes all things. No level blocks love. You know, and instead of feeling loss and grief, think of the funniest thing that ever happened on a holiday season. Because everybody <laughs> hears and feels laughter, sadness mm. and grief becomes thickened and never passes through those energetic levels of consciousness so that they can mm-hmm. feel it. Why in the world do you think somebody in heaven and somebody in these levels of divine consciousness are going to feel you being sad? <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> oh. I'm I'm so overwhelmed. I feel like I've been on such a roller coaster, the best roller coaster ride in the world with you all. I I just am rem- remembering when my dog died a few years ago, Woofy, and she was not just a dog to me. She was like more than more than family. Um, I had somebody, a friend of mine, whispering in my ear as I was sobbing my eyes out. She was whispering these things that kind of similar to what you've just been saying. And she was saying that there's a place where you can still feel her and connect with her, but it's on a higher plane and and you can't really find her if you're if you're muddied and heavied mm-hmm. by this guilt. So look for her because she's mm-hmm. there. So I felt like I had that moment of clarity and I did feel like I found her. And it was almost like my my heavy, heavy heart was kind of self-indulgent in a way, and it wasn't I mean, I think having a good cry fest is important just to move that energy out. But then beyond that, it just was kind of, there was no point to it other than puffy eyes and, and a woe is me kind of a vibe. But but it is such a strange juxtaposition, Kat, as you were just talking about being in the hospital and with all that you were dealing with with Daniel. And I'm 
finding myself crying, even though I know that it's okay and he's okay. It's just so bizarre to be human, being spiritual beings, having this human experience. It could not be more bizarre. Oh, absolutely. And another thing that I wanted to say about the holidays and people being in grief, um, a few years ago I lost my brother, and when that first Christmas came around, my mother was very morose, and, and, and she just couldn't get into the holiday spirit. And we sat down to talk about it, and I said, you know, the greatest way for you to honor Ralph's spirit, my brother's spirit, is to celebrate the things that brought him the greatest joy. Ooh. And that would be the holidays. She mm. felt that she didn't have a right to be happy because he wasn't here. But the right. point that he wasn't here was perfect for his soul's journey, and what was perfect for her to do for him was to continue to celebrate the things that he loved. And I, I think hope we that need everybody to underscore will that. receive that message. Um, yes, because it seems it it's almost like counter instinctual because we mm -hmm. think to honor the person who's on the other side to prove how much we love them, we yes. will go into this deep, dark depression. Otherwise, if right. we're celebrating, then we must not have loved them. But that's also a crock. We can love yes. them and show that by celebrating them and, and create that's a whole new way to show them. Set them up <clears> at yeah. the table. Absolutely. Have a gift under yeah. the tree. You mention Aww. them in the prayers as you bless the food uh, and give thanks for the day. That is so important to con continue yes. to celebrate the things that they loved. And cry if you need to cry and be emotional Absolutely. if you need to be emotional. Don't suppress anything. But no. I want to I want to just say um, I want to I want to acknowledge all the books that you guys have written and give you a chance right before we close the show to say something about dreaming. You were saying um, before the show started about constructing dreams to have greater awareness. So hold that in mind for a second. I want people to know your book. So the website is Danion and Catherine Brinkley. That's D-A-N-N-I-O-N. A-N-D-K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-B-R-I-N-K-L-E-Y.com. Wow, that's good. It's almost like <laughs> my website, KellySullivanWalden.com. We have some syllables going on. Um, okay, so one of Daniel's, his first book is Saved by the Light. And then, um, then Catherine and Daniel wrote Secrets of the Light, Lessons from Heaven. And we've got um, another book that Daniel wrote called At Peace in the Light, co-written with Paul Perry. And then we've got The Secrets of the Light, Spiritual Strategies to Empower Your Life Here and the Hereafter with Daniel and Catherine. And Catherine has her Jewels of the Soul Oracle cards that are so beautiful. And so I feel like just looking at them, touching them, being in them is like being in the in the energy of Catherine's beautiful and high spirit. So I highly, highly recommend them. All right. So with the so minute that we book. have remaining. We have another book coming. Oh, please tell us. Honey. Oh, no, you go ahead, baby. You started this. <laughs> it's called 10 Things to Know Before You Go. Oh, 10 Things because, to Know Before You Go. We need that book. Well, because <laughs> watch this. The, the first thing is, What's the number one cause of death? What's the number one cause of death in in America and most other countries? This is me being funny, and it's a big uh -huh. question mark. You turn to the second page. It says, no matter what you thought, birth is the number one cause of death. <laughs> you turn to the third page, and it says, remember, if you're breathing, you're leaving, and if you just took a breath, 
this book is for you. And we go to construct ways to look at how life operates. And then the final page is this. Remember, aspire to inspire before you expire. And we mm. and we back through life so that people see values and reasons and things that we've learned from being at the bedside and listening and through all the things that I'm I've gone through and now that I'm going through now and how it 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 helps people. And so and I think there's one more book after that, but in the construction of dreaming Everybody has to remember that we are electrical beings. With the nature of quantum mechanics, we are electrical. And mm. in electrical and quantum, what we have to do is realize... And so this show is ending, unfortunately. I'm going to have to have you guys back, and we'll talk about this pickup right here. Daniel and Catherine Brinkley, I love you so much. Thank you for sharing your incredible wisdom, jewels of the soul with us here on Ask Dr. Dream on Unity Online Radio. Join me next week. We'll talk about the hero's journey and your dreams. Until Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on mindbodyspirit.fm, the podcast network, in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. Contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.